This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'd hit them again and they'd come. So the next thing I know, they're at 25 yards and the hen's about to come in, and but they decide to go on down the fence line and the gobbler's sitting there looking at, looking at them, looking at the decoy. He'd look at them, he'd look at the decoy. And those hens started walking off. He was looking at the hens, and I just kind of hit him with a little, just real soft. And he looked at that decoy, and he popped up in the strut, and here he comes. Oh, you got her, dude. She's down. Let's go. Dude, I just shot a deer of a lifetime. Freaking smoked him. One with nature, and if you're a believer, one with God. Definitely gets your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. Follow Obsession Podcast. All right, we're back for another Follow Obsession Podcast episode. I am Sam with Fall Obsession, your podcast host. And thank you guys for tuning in, listening, watching, wherever you guys might be. Um, our Fall Obsession podcast is driven by our friends over at Ridge Rock Hunt Company. And normally at this point, I uh, say something about how we're going to give Ridge Rock a, a shout out at the end of the episode. But there's no need today because we have the folks themselves from Ridge Rock here uh, with us for this week's episode. The man himself, Derek Eves. What's going on, D-Rock? Man, just just uh, living the dream right now, man. It's turkey season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, so it's been uh, it's been good. We've been busy. Uh, Lacey and I have been rocking and rolling with this Ridge Rock stuff and booking a lot of hunts and a lot of happy customers and happy clients. And if uh, if folks follow our our social media page, either you know the Ridge Rock Hunt Company Facebook or Instagram, uh, they'll see uh, they'll see a lot of action, a lot of a lot of people st- sitting behind a turkey fan right now. So absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's been a lot of fun, man, seeing folks have some good successes with our uh, outfitters. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what you want. And I was going to say, before we miss it, um, Mrs. Eves is with us as well. Welcome back to the podcast, Lacey. Saturday. 
That sounds good, doesn't it? I know. First, first podcast with you guys uh, since y'all tied the knot. So congrats on the wedding and everything. That's awesome. Happy for y'all. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm a lucky man. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I'm a lucky woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, uh, you know we can. I know we'll get into talking about Ridge Rock and some specifics with what you guys are doing, but let let's start with with talking a little bit of turkey because you've. Uh, well, first off, this episode we've been kind of trying to line up schedules and make this happen for a little while now. It's it's been last summer kind of post turkey season last year last time we had you guys on here with us um, ridge rock wasn't even really up and going at that point so we'll like i said we'll talk about that but you've been slamming some birds here um in recent weeks so tell us a little bit about your spring turkey journey so far yeah it's uh it's, it's been really good as as you know I, I bow hunt for turkeys um sometimes in a blind but most of the time from the ground and it's a, it's just a big challenge but you know the failures are way more than the successes. But man, when those successes do come about, it is sweet. So, uh, but anyway, I, of course, in Mississippi, we've been kind of starting off um, uh, hunting quite a bit. I have some buddies come into town, for kind of like an opener, and we we hunted a few days, had some close calls. Uh, my buddies left, and then once they left, I had, actually had a turkey in uh, at 25 yards. I was literally pulling an arrow out of my quiver and and look up and the turkey's standing there at 25 yards oh so, dang i hate an axle <laughs> <laughs> we got we got a we got a visitor awesome a visitor. <laughs> and, like you're sitting on the couch i'm getting in your lap yeah. <laughs> what, what's funny is he's actually not the first uh dog to make an appearance on our podcast video so <laughs> <laughs> they'll like him a whole lot more than they like us <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is Axel. He is an American bulldog, and he looks like he could eat you up, but he's a big old baby. He's looking at me like, what are you doing, dude? What? what? <laughs> and he loves his daddy. He is a daddy's boy. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, so anyway, the um, uh, the first turkey came in at 25 yards, and I had made one call, and you know how you were scratching around in the leaves and everything? <laughs> And uh, Axel, you're going to have to get down, buddy. <laughs> All right, everybody, that was Axel. Um, but uh, it, just scratching around, just kind of making a little place in, 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 the, in the pine straw there and, and making me a spot to sit and this, that, and the other, just kind of raking the leaves. I guess the turkey thought that there was a hen up there because actually when I do rake the leaves or trying to clean up a little spot for me to sit or whatever, I don't just, you know, just start raking a whole bunch of stuff back to back. I actually do try to sound like a turkey when I do it. Yeah. And it's not the first time that I've had a turkey that I have a gobbler in range <laughs> from raking leaves um, uh, on a hunt. So, but anyway, so we, uh, then, then I guess the next weekend, um, Lacey and I went that weekend. We had some close encounters, but nothing in range to uh, get a shot at. And, um, and then I went to Texas with my buddy, uh, Stephen Kofelt and actually my brother-in-law, uh, Luke Jones. And man, we had an absolute blast. It was, um, with one of my outfitters out there and we had a, we had one big ranch and that's kind of what they do. They'll give you one ranch to kind of hunt for a couple of days. It's got birds on it, all that kind of stuff. And you do your own thing. So that morning, the first morning, we just went in blind, of course, you know, this first morning to hunt. And, and uh, so uh, Stephen and, and Luke were at another spot, 
and I just said, well, y'all go to this spot because it was kind of supposed to be the best spot. And I said, I'll go around to the other side of the, of the ranch. And, man, I called up a turkey from 350 yards. And when I tell you it was the most beautiful scenery from a, just the fan of a turkey and just the, the, the whole sequence of the calls and seeing the reaction in the big field and all that kind of stuff, it was really, really cool. Wow. Uh, this turkey was gobbling, and then they, they came up. It, there are hills there. It's pretty flat, but they're just little, you know, rolling little knolls, kind of like that. Yeah. And they popped up out of one of those little knolls about 300, 350 yards away. And when he did, the, the turkey was here, and the sunrise was right here, and I was over here. And those Rios already have the nice, you know, cream-colored tips and yep. a lot of cream in their, in their fan and everything. As, you know, you're from Texas, so you already know that. But that fan, man, it was just, it was just like, it was just yellow. Glowing. It was just glowing. Yeah, it was beautiful. Oh, and man. I mean, the entire time I, w- I would call and I would get real loud and uh, and they would, the hens poke their heads up and they would run 50 yards and they'd stop. And I'd hit them again and they'd come. I'd hit them again and they'd come. So the next thing I know, they're at 25 yards and the hen's about to come in. and But they decided to go on down the fence line. And the gobbler's sitting there looking at looking at them, looking at the decoy. He'd look at them, he'd look at the decoy. And those hens started walking off. He was looking at the hens, and I just kind of hit him with a little just real soft. And he looked at that decoy. And he popped up in the strut, and here he come. Uh. That jerker came in to 13 yards. I was I was I was kind of behind a little mesquite tree. And of course, you know, it was several different trees and little branches and stuff. So I had a little window that I was going to be able to shoot through because hiding is huge when you're bow hunting from the ground or, or any kind of, you know, a turkey hunt. And uh, anyway, I didn't actually get that bird, but man, it was, it was one of my most favorite hunts of all time. And I didn't even kill an animal. So it was just, uh, that sunrise behind that fan was just incredible. That, I mean, picture perfect. You know, you see all the yeah. pictures on, on social media and whatnot with, you know, just, you know, showcasing just that but man you just you just described it and you witnessed it and that's that's freaking awesome oh it was and i needed that turkey to take about four more steps to get to the decoy and then i could have gotten drawn back and gotten a shot but um but anyway he got to about four steps from that decoy and he just kind of got a little squirrely yeah. i guess his hands were leaving the whole time and i'm sure they were doing some little soft chatter stuff that i probably couldn't even hear at the time i was so locked in on that gobbler you know yeah. And he just kind of stopped and he just kind of walked off. Um, but, um, and so anyway, that was a cool encounter that afternoon. I missed a bird at 33 yards. He come through and it's like those, those Rios and the Texas is like, they, whenever they're walking, like they don't ever stop. Nope. I think about the only time they ever stop is when they're, when they're perched up on a limb, uh, for the, <laughs> for the night. I mean, like, like our Mississippi birds, they'll actually stop, you know, because I guess it's a lot of timber. But those, those rios, boy, they just keep moving. Yeah. So anyway, he kept moving, and I and I and I did a little soft yelp to get him to stop, and he stopped just for a minute, and he had his back to me, and there was another bird over here that Lacey's brother was trying to lock lock in, trying to shoot, and I leaned up out of the blind. I was actually going to blind then, so I leaned up out of the blind, and I torqued my bow a little bit, cut a couple feathers off of his left side, but that was a tough shot, and. So the next time I put up a decoy, and I was like, I'm going to see if this decoy, this hen decoy, will at least make the turkey stop. And sure enough, it did. And uh, and I stroked one. And I'm telling you, man, there was a softball-sized hole in, in the entrance wound of that turkey. Oh, man. And 
blood everywhere, and that turkey still went 330 yards. 330. 330 yards. I had to call, uh, or my uh, the rancher called one of his buddies, was actually his cousin, a guy by the name of Roy Hines. He's a big-time blood-trailing dog guy in uh, in Texas. And uh, anybody listening here probably knows the name Roy Hines. But anyway, so Roy brought his dog Rufus and found that turkey at 330 yards away. Wow. <laughs> And it didn't have a feather. It had two feathers on its fan once we got to it after Rufus got, got a hold of him. But <laughs> it wasn't pretty for a picture, but uh, I was I was thankful. And I, anytime I shoot an animal, I want to exhaust all efforts to be able to find it. Absolutely. And, um, so, uh, so anyway, I was tickled to death. He had some nice spurs on him. It was about an inch and an eighth, something like that. So it was a nice bird. And actually, it, whenever the bird popped out, he strutted, or when he popped out, he didn't look like he didn't have a beard. And then he, str- I was like, man, that's a dang Jake. I was like, that's a big Jake. <laughs> and he strutted. It was a full fan. Well, actually, the bird had a beard rot. And his beard was like literally inch and a half long. Oh, no kidding. So, yeah, I'm sure it was 13 inches before, you know. Uh, but, well, yeah, yeah, of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> so that that kind of started off the season. And um, and then Lacey's brother killed one, uh, and he missed one. And then my buddy Steven, he killed one. But, you know, if, I, if I'd have been – hunting with a shotgun i'd have had a chance to shoot three of them so wow you know you can't you can't beat when you have opportunities and the experiences like that it's just hey it's just it's just it's just as good as as a kill to me hey man yeah the the experiences is is invaluable and then you know that's uh you know always comparing could i've gotten one if i had a a shotgun or if i had you know if you're deer hunting if i had a rifle man that's the curse of bow hunting right there that's what that is that's right that's right. So, and then we're um, headed back from Texas, and Lacey, I told her, I was like, hey, you know, we have a spot here in Mississippi. It's up on top of a little hill. The turkeys like to get up there and strut in the mornings and in the afternoons. And um, anyway, we hadn't been able to hunt the little spot there for a little while. And I, so I told Lacey, I said, you need to take this, take the pot call and uh, scratch on it a little bit, make a little turkey noise. You know, we've been practicing on that a little bit. Let's just make a little turkey noise and uh, go sit up on top of that hill and, and, and wait and see what happens. So with that being said, Lacey went on her first solo hunt this year for turkey. Awesome. Yeah. yeah I did. I did. Um, so went to church Sunday morning. And anyway, I, it was a beautiful afternoon. And we had been inside most of the weekend. And I got out in the woods pretty early, probably around... I don't know, 3, 3.30, I wanted to get in and be able to get settled, you know, and anyway, like you said, just kind of, kind of made some, some soft calls, and I sat down to watch to see what was going to happen, and I could hear chitter-chatter down in the bottom, so I knew, you know, I knew they were, they were around, and I, I was tucked in real tight behind a little cedar, and, um, sure enough i just kept on kind of hearing something and i thought it was getting closer and hearing and thought it was getting closer and then you know i don't know if y'all do this but i know for me i'll sit there and i'll think 
man, I mean, you know, you hear them and you think, oh, they're just right there. And then it's 30 minutes and there's nothing. And it's like, they're never going to come in. It's not going to happen. You know, all that was going through my mind. Like I've come out, I could be at home. I could be washing those clothes I need to wash. (laughs) I'm never thinking of that. (laughs) No. (laughs) I I was at that point in time. I realized because I had been out there not a long time, but probably about an hour and a half, you know, and, and then I felt bad because I was like, you know, Lord, you have given us this beautiful day and I'm able to sit out here and enjoy this beautiful weather and the sunshine and it had been super cold on Saturday, warmed up to in the mid seventies that Sunday. So it was just gorgeous weather. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, and my mind was kind of drifting off about how blessed we were and, and thankful for the little things. And then all of a sudden, just coming up out of the bottom. I mean, literally, we're sitting on this little, I'm sitting on this little knoll and coming up out of the bottom, I see this head. And I was like, oh, oh. It's on. And I knew we, you know, we had hunted there a few weeks before and I knew there were a couple of jakes around. And all I could see was like from here up. So, I, I mean, I patiently just waited for him to stay up. Of course, he was looking. You know, he was looking. I didn't have any decoys with me. Derek had all the decoys with him in Texas. And he was looking for whatever he heard. And, um, I mean, I was locked in, though. Now, I'm one, when I get in the woods, I have this, I get positioned in my chair real comfortable. I'll have my gun up. So, I'm not having to do a whole lot of movement if something comes out on yeah. me. Um. So I was ready. I mean, I literally just had to kind of move my head down just a tad. And, and you know, he was looking, and he took a step. And then when he took one more step up, I could see his beard. And I was like, oh, yeah. You're, <laughs> you're, you're in trouble. And literally, like, as soon as he stepped up and kind of stuck his head up, and I saw that beard sticking out, I, I, I already had my I, – I have a red dot on my shotgun. And – I had my dot right there at his waddle, and I let her rip. Like, there wasn't no hesitation. But but then, so I couldn't see because he was still kind of over the bottom. Um, The dirt flew. You know, that that shows you. I was kind of sitting down on the other side. He come up out of the other side. So my, my, my TSS tore the ground up, too. Because it, that's how close he's, I mean, just this monkey in his head. Oh, man. Um, but anyway, a bird flew after I shot. And I was like, oh, oh, surely I didn't miss him. Like, surely I didn't miss him and he flew away. So um, I sat there for a second and I really had talked myself into that I had missed this bird. And I thought, I, there's no way I missed that bird. There's no way. So I jumped up and I run across there and go down over the knoll. And sure enough, he's just laying there. Like he never flopped. He never winced. He never did anything. He was just. Dirt yeah. nap dropped him. Yes. I'm talking about dead. No flop. Don't Stone worry about that. Cold. Um, but anyway, the best. Like I literally was jumping up and down and just like. <laughs> in my quiet voice. And, um. I got him up and kind of got him up on top of the hill because that other, another gobbler had, that was what blew off his buddy. And 
I thought, okay, I need to get on up out of this place because we don't want to scare him away. And But then I couldn't help it. I had to FaceTime Derek, and I FaceTimed Derek, and then I wasn't quiet anymore. So. <laughs> thought, that other gobbler probably didn't stop till he got in the next county. But hey. care. It's all good. <laughs> we haven't seen him since. <laughs> he gone. He gone. But, yeah, it was super cool, and it felt good, and – it felt good calling him and you know he answered the phone and you know i just i had the turkey in the in the phone i was just like holding the beard you know and showing and <laughs> you know got a lot of hoops and hollers from him and my brother and steven and just good times it felt it felt good yeah yep. i called my dad on the way out and i was like i'm headed home and you gonna help me with this turkey you know? <laughs> He's like, yeah, bring it on, you know, just super <laughs> stoked for me. So really cool. My kids were super stoked. That's another cool thing about having, you know, my, my kids are, my daughter's about to be 15, my son's 18. And, and I think they were more proud of, of me killing one than if they'd have been out there for themselves. It's like, my mom's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Like, Miss Miss Lacey's bad to the ball. Super fun. It, it felt good. I will. I love hunting with Derek. There's nothing like being out there with him in the woods, you know. But it did feel good to know that I could that I could go out there, you know, and and do it myself. And yeah, yeah. It was it was super cool. That's awesome. Hey, I knew when that Facetime come over from Lacey. I was like, uh oh, Lacey done killed him. She done got him. <laughs> She was she was telling me the story. She didn't. She she kind of talked talked a little bit about it on here, but she was talking about it. She goes, his head popped up, and I couldn't tell. And then his then I saw his waddle, and then I saw his beard, and then I let him have it. Oh yeah, there was I mean, like as soon as he popped up, I mean, I was I had it to where as soon as I knew that there wasn't, I didn't give him a chance. That's awesome. He said, did he strut? I said, Lord, no, I didn't give him an opportunity to strut. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to waste no time with that. No. No, no, no. no. He, he gave me just all, he gave me all I needed. That's well, perfect. Well, heck yeah. Well, congrats. That's a, that's awesome story and awesome accomplishment for sure. And yeah, we're, we're excited for you. It's a good way to start the season. That's right. That's right. Well, and then, uh, and then I got back from Texas and I started hunting a bird that I've been hearing uh, at the camp. And man, I mean, he was just, you could tell when he gobbled, it was just, he was just rocking the whole woods. And um, I called him up the first time I hunted him up to about 60 yards. And literally I had to sit, he sat there and strutted for an hour and a half. And he was back kind of back behind me. And of course I was, already turned kind of looking back and what well, my neck was killing me but i was determined <laughs> I, I was like he's gonna come up here and but he never did and ended up kind of moseying on back another way and okay time out a minute i do have to say that that whole week so he had a week in between getting home from texas and leaving to go to um nebraska yep and that Monday night, he said, I just, I really just need to get my Eastern this week. I really need to get my Eastern this week. And I was like, yeah, you really do. You really <laughs> do. And anyway, so he went hunting one day. And then the next day, he he said, you coming home, you going to go with me? And I was like, no, 
I don't, I don't think I am. I think I'm gonna let you. You just go off. <laughs> you know, your boat, your bow hunting. I'll slow you up. It's harder for two to be in there when you're with there for your bow and blah blah blah. So he was a sweetheart, and he was gonna take me with him all week. And she would have killed him that afternoon because I had him at 45 yards. Oh, damn. <laughs> I knew that that wasn't the right thing to do. That he needed to go and be able to kill his Eastern, so. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I tried to get her to go. And she she could have shot that bird. But, uh, but anyway, so, but I, at the time, I had trying to get a grand slam with my bow on my mind. But that is not going to, that, 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 I don't think that's going to come to fruition this year at all. <laughs> Because of uh, I did, actually did not kill one in Nebraska, but uh, but anyway, back to Mississippi. Um, I knew where these birds were were headed every day, and you know, in bow hunting turkeys, a lot of times, you know, my big thing on turkey hunting is not spooking the bird. I'll do I will I will stay in one position for an hour and a half if I have to, and like literally won't even be able to stand up because my legs are completely asleep or whatever. It's just my brother taught me that whenever we you know, started turkey hunting or he's teaching me how to turkey hunt yeah. 25 years ago or whatever. So anyway, I will kill myself to not spook a bird. And um, But so I knew where they were going and they were not spooked. And so I had my decoy, my Dave Smith decoy, uh, the posture and Jake on top of the hen. And I had this little... Um, uh, I had a little cluck box that I use sometimes. It's like a little old school little box deal. And you cluck and just soft, real soft stuff. Um, it sounds really good. And anyway, I was kind of doing that. And then I heard, I heard him spitting. And I was like, uh-oh. I said, that sounded like a turkey spitting. And I'd, done got, I'd gotten hit real well. And so anyway, it just kept getting closer and closer. And I heard him drumming. And the next thing I seen him pop out on the little lane on, on, on probably about 20 yards from the field. Uh, and it was a little bitty field that I was hunting in. And anyway, so he popped up there, and then I, it's, I could hear something else coming, and his hens came out. And one of his hens came out to like 15 yards, and I was sitting there thinking, don't put, don't put, don't put. <laughs> he didn't, and he, he would strut and take two steps, strut and take two steps. Finally, he got up to the corner of that field, and uh, he saw that decoy. And he, I'm talking about, he hit a little quarter strut, and he started walking. And with every step he got, he got faster. Hmm. And by the time he got up to that decoy, he jumped up. Went, bah, 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 bah. And then he, when he, so when he did that, I drew back and the turkey was only at 15 yards, but I drew back and he hit it again. And then it was kind of coming in soft from the left to the right. And, and I put it uh, in front of that top wing and, and let it rip. And he just, he didn't go nowhere. Awesome. And he was a good one. He was for Mississippi. He was real. He weighed 19 pounds. Which isn't big for most states, but for Mississippi, that's a pretty good sized bird. And uh, had an inch and a quarter hooks. I mean, they had some good curvature to them. Nice. And, uh, so it was really, really a good bird. And I think it was about nine and three quarter inch beard or something, maybe. I can't even remember right now. But so anyway, that was a great bird. And um, so that was, uh, so I got my Eastern and uh, got some good pictures and all that good stuff. That was a lot of fun. And so then it was time to leave to go to Kansas or Nebraska. And Man, I I called up with the first morning. Um, there was probably 150 turkeys in a tr in tree in trees just right there all together in, the, in northwest Nebraska and on a Merriam hunt. And I had a guy that uh, some guys that I had booked to go on that hunt also. And uh, so anyway, one of them was hunting with me, and 
uh, we called, uh, or I, we had 150 turkeys from 15 to 40 yards from us. The ch- the hen chatter was so loud just that you could, when the turkeys gobbled, you could barely hear it. No kidding. I mean, it was, I've never, I've never had that many turkeys that close ever in my entire life. And I mean, literally, like, I, I just could not believe I, the turkeys, you could see their heads go out and you could barely hear a little bit of, of course, you know, Merriam's and Rio's, they don't gobble as loud as an Eastern does. But still, when you have eight strutters gobbling at the same time and you could still barely hear it, I mean, it was just, yeah. it was insane. Wow. I mean, it was, it was insane. Um, Think about how you feel when you got one turkey's eyes on you. Oh yeah, one hundred and fifty turkeys eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd have been like, yeah. Well, I was I was sitting there just waiting for a shot, and the guy with me was kind of up to the left. Um, guy named Rob, super super nice guy. Saw just super nice guy. A lot of fun. Um, uh, he'd never bow hunted turkeys before, uh, especially not from the ground. And you know, and if we did everything we could to get a shot at a turkey, but they just just a little bit of thing here and there they would see or you know get just something wasn't going right and um but anyway i called up a bunch of birds hmm. but it just seemed like they kept spotting something and 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 kind of spooking a little bit but um, i told the guy after we after i called up that group of 150 turkeys i was like man if i don't kill a bird this, this trip's already worth it <laughs> yeah yeah another one of those deals for sure yeah, holy cow it was just a flight to see so then I bounced down to uh, Kansas. Well, not to mention that it was gusts up to 60 miles per hour in Nebraska. Ooh. It was bad. Like, I literally had on my Sitka Fanatic bibs, jacket, and everything. Like, literally, the only thing you could see were my eyes. It was it was, it was, it was cold. It's like 25 degrees. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Was- well, m- Monday and Tuesday, he had upwards of, like, 25, 30-mile-an-hour wind. And then Wednesday, it was 60-mile-an-hour wind. Yep. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. So, but anyway. I asked him if he had the ballistics done on that arrow. Like, exactly <laughs> how much you needed to, like, how much were you going to lead the turkey to the left? If with, it was, it with that kind of wind? With it was, <laughs> you know, like, you, he's right here, you aim six feet to the left, you might yeah, hit him. Maybe. Man, that's dedication. I know a lot of bow hunters that would hang it up at that. Holy cow. Yeah. Well, we should, I, we should have killed some turkeys, you know, and, I, you know, I tell people this all the time, and and the guy, he, I mean, he just he wanted to hunt with me, and 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 it was, and we we had a great time, you know. Uh, but bow hunting a turkey without a blind is a solo gig mm. every day. I mean, to to be successful now, I'm not saying that it can't be done with more than one hunter, but it just it just gives the turkeys more something to spot that's out of place or something that just looks different or somebody makes a move when they don't need to make a move and just things like that. So, but I have zero complaints about that hunt because my outfitter, boy, he, he, he had the birds. He really had the birds. That's awesome. Um, so then I bounced down to Kansas, uh, to the same place that we had the podcast about some of the whitetail stuff. And yeah. actually, I guess, uh, this, this, this guy right here. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, that. Uh, so I popped back down there to Kansas uh, to hunt with my guy Mark Novak, and um, first morning had six long beards strutting 
probably, I guess it's about 10 30, 11 o'clock or so. And there again, the wind that was in Nebraska that then made it down to Kansas by then. He's <laughs> following you. It was. But man, I had gotten tucked into a cedar tree kind of on the backside of it. Um, I'd actually gotten up to make a move because I hadn't seen them in two hours. And I put all my stuff on the other side of the fence, kind of back off into the woods. And, and, and by the time I look and I see something coming black and I was like, oh crap. So I got down, I crawled as far as I thought I could get. And I got next to this cedar tree, knocked me an arrow up and I'm sitting there ready. Hens kind of come over in front of me and the wind and the hens are walking from left to right. The wind is blowing from right to left mm. and I'm behind this cedar tree. And about that time comes one of those gusts and it blows every one of those cedar limbs away from me and exposes me for about three seconds. Mm. So what do you think all those turkeys do? Oh, they're looking right at you. <laughs> Peg. They, look, they look up. Well, anyway, they walk off. I hear one. I mean, I, I'm fixing to get up to move. I move my leg and it makes a rattling noise in the, in the leaves. And, uh, and when it did that, one of the hens yipped about 40, 45 yards sounded like to me. And so I called to her and I called the turkeys back up. And this time, uh, Sam, what I did is I had my bow and I held on to two of those limbs and held it in front of me. And so that way, when the wind blew, it wouldn't blow my cover off. Hmm. And I did that probably for about 30, 45 minutes. Wow. And finally, the turkeys kind of come through. And, uh, and two, when one of them strutted and it, and it covered up his face and the other gobbler's face. So I drew back and I was sitting on my butt. And, you know, when you're sitting that low to the ground, the distances seem to look, just look a little bit further. Yep. So I gauged, I didn't have my range finder handy. So I gauged him at probably about 30 yards, shot him for 30 yards. And I cut two feathers off the top of his, uh, top of his back. Like, oh my God. But when I did, it was so windy and that arrow come through and it just nicked, nicked them, nicked some feathers. So he jumps and all the turkey and all the gobblers gobble and, if, and, and they just kind of sit there. And so they're just kind of sitting there looking around like, what was that? You know? And anyway, they kind of meander off to the right. And the other two gobblers that were not exposed yet started coming out of there. And when they're about to walk out, out behind the, uh, the cedars, I knew that, uh, that they were going to be in range. And I was like, well, they're not 30. So we're going to shoot for 25. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I drew back before they walked out of those cedars and they got up there and he strutted and, and, I, and I absolutely smoked him. He didn't go anywhere either. So money. So, so yeah, so that, uh, I'm shooting that elite envision and I tell you what, man, that is one sweet shooting bow. Awesome. It really is. So that's, uh, that's the Turkey season thus far. I know there's a whole lot of stories jumbled up in there together man y'all like i said for for being this early in the year i feel like y'all are y'all are already moving and killing it i mean what's next where where are you going after after now well uh lacy and i are going to illinois uh the 22nd through the 24th we put in for the draw for it and got drawn so i have an outfitter up in uh, pike county illinois and we're gonna go up there and and, uh, do a little turkey hunt with them see how that goes heck yeah so we have Easter this weekend, so we'll be sticking around the house, spending time with family and everything, and actually have our Easter cantata on Sunday morning for church um, that uh, that we've been practicing. So we're going to do a little singing uh, Sunday morning, and when the next weekend we'll be rolling out to, uh, uh, I think the little town's called Nebo, Illinois. All right. Awesome. Nebo, Illinois. And then after that, I don't know, my daughter's getting married uh, April the 30th, so that would be the next weekend, and then... Of course, you have the whole month of May, but, you know, I just, I try not to overdo my days off with my real job. Yeah. Uh, 
So. <laughs> hey, that at the rate you're going, you know, Ridge Rock, it sounds like uh, could be heading that way for you. So, or at least I'd hope it would be. So. Well, yeah, maybe so, maybe so. I tell you what, though, my my Farrell people and uh, Johnny Fair is one of my best friends, and they take they take really good care of me and mm. allow me to do some cool stuff and. Um, I take care of business, you know, just like I take care of business with Ridge Rock. Uh, Johnny Fair knows that if he needs something done, that he can count on me to get it done. And I have to worry about it. So there you go. Uh, so, but anyway, you never know what the future may hold. You know, we're we're having fun and, and we're booking a ton of hunts with uh, some really good clients and some really good uh, outfitters as well. Um, you know, I talked to my guys out in Texas. I probably sent close to thirty or thirty-five, forty people out to Texas. I hadn't counted, but. Uh, talked to one of the ranchers out there today. He said, man, Derek, he said, every person you sent out here to hunt with us was just, just good people. And I said, well, man, I said, I, that's what I said. That's what I try to do. You know, I said, I, if, if people call me and if they sound like they're going to be a problem, then I'm probably not going to book them on a hunt, you know, yeah. just straight up because I don't have time for problems. I don't have time for headaches. Uh, same thing for outfitters. You know, I don't have time for, uh, you know, people to be causing problems, a client to be calling me saying, Hey, what's going on with this guy? He's not here or it's not this or that. So I just, you know, I just, we don't have time for that. Lacey's a nursing home administrator and she's got a, you know, a full-time job. So, um, so anyway, we just try to do good, good, good business and, and do it with, with good folks, have good communication, uh, throughout the entire process from, from A to Z, um, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, Lacey and I did when we first started this deal is, you know, we were probably at each other's throats for about two weeks trying to iron out exactly how we <laughs> wanted because she's pretty smart. You know, she's real smart. And um, and I have a lot of experience. And so I was like, well, in my brain, I wanted some of these things. In her brain, she wanted some of those things. And, you know, we just kind of meshed those things together and really made a seamless process for not only uh, to help us out to be efficient with our time, but also to be a, a, a good experience as far as just the booking process mm -hmm. for our clients and also with our outfitters, you know, to make sure they know who we're coming, when they're coming, uh, when they're going to get paid and so on and so forth. So we put a lot of, a lot of work, a lot of, a lot of experience over the years that we've had with our various ventures of, of personal businesses and stuff and put it all together. And man, it is just, um, it's been very well received and, and we're thankful for that. So Awesome. Yeah. We don't, but, mind, we don't mind questions, but our goal is to give an experience where the questions are already answered and, yeah. and the client nor the outfitter has to, has to waste their time asking that. And if we take a few extra steps on the front end to really make sure that that communication process is, is seamless, then it's good for everybody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's something to be said, especially in this industry. I feel like um, just about you know good people being honest, doing good things, you know, and and the the blue collar, if for lack of a better term, side of you know, or just just that work ethic and that mentality behind people. You know, we we see it over here on our side of things because because we're we're in the same boat. You know, we we uh, we all work other jobs that ultimately pay the bills in the end, but we're, and you know, we're, we're blue collar outdoorsmen is what we call ourselves, you know, but at the yep. same time, we're trying to bring a, a level of integrity to, to our own brand and everything. Um, and, and I, 
you know, as you guys just alluded to, you know, I, it's the exact same thing that happened over there, and it, it, it's awesome to see. And, yeah, I have no doubt that y'all's, uh, that y'all's clients and everything are getting set up with the best people out there and vice versa. So, yeah. Well, we, we do the best we can, you know, and that's what somebody – I've had a lot of people say – I got a guy texting me right now about going to uh, Kansas on a, on a Rio hunt there. <laughs> but I, I tell people all the time, you know, they say, Hey man, I, uh, they say, Hey man, well, we had the best trip we've ever been on. And man, the kids had fun or we did, you know, we did this, we did this. It was just a great experience stuff. And like, man, you're the man. I'm like, man, I just do the best I can. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, uh, that, then that's all that any of us can do is to, you know, and that's one thing I'd say as far as a viewer, if you were thinking about booking a hunt, um, you're going to get the best out of myself and Lacey that we can possibly give. And based on the conversation that we have with our clients, you know, we, we can give good recommendations as far as what we think would probably fit what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And I think that experience and, and the knowledge of, of dealing with people over the years gives us a good, um, gives us a good base as far as knowing what may what would probably be the best place for that the experience that they're trying to get yeah you know and um and also setting them up with outfitters that probably fit their kind of uh personality some as well you know all of those things come into play whenever we're trying to place somebody into a specific hunt so you know if somebody says hey i want to go on a texas hunt we're not just going to film just the one the, you know one place over and over right you know? um well we have different places with different styles different things and and you know when you when you get to the point where you can do those things, it just it just sets it it just sets everything everybody in the whole process up for success. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, we want everybody to have a great experience. Mm -hmm. For sure. Absolutely. So tell me real quick, because you know you you talked about coming into this thing with with different experiences and everything, and I know I know in the past you had, Derek, you had some experience with you know, booking hunts and working with outfitters and, and stuff like that. What gave you guys the idea or the desire to start Ridge Rock, to start your own brand? Well, I, um, I took a trip out to, well, first of all, I had a lot of friends that were saying, man, you do, you need to, you need to do this on your own. You need to do this on your own. I mean, I was hearing it all the time and I was like, no, man, I just, you know, I got so much going on with my real job and everything. And, and it just, people just kept on. And so I guess that kind of started the whole C deal, you know, yeah. as far as possibility. But then I went out to uh, New Mexico for a mule deer hunt. And while I was on that mule deer hunt, I had, number one, I had 16 hours of drive time on my own. Yeah. And Lacey and I had been discussing it, you know, right prior to that trip. Um, and I get out there and I had two mule, two muleys coming in on the ranch and i was kind of like a diy stuff with one of my outfitters and uh, so the first day so i get there the second day after i kind of got some things figured out a little bit and on the second day sitting there waiting for the sun to come up and and, and the, to make a move you know uh the deer were actually coming off of the neighboring ranch well that morning i see some headlights coming and guess what it was the next door rancher starting to move cattle out. Ah. So, the, so the road that he was driving on and moving cattle in and out all day was the same road that those deer were crossing to come over to where I needed them to go. <laughs> so that kind of squashed all that. And so basically I had, you know, 
couple thousand acres roundabout that I just slipped around on for three, three and a half days. And, you know, you can, as a hunter, and especially in, 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 in my business, I, I feel like sometimes like I need to shoot something, you know, for, for the business. And, and it does help for people to see me shoot stuff, obviously. But, um, but sometimes I, I was feeling a little pressure as far as I need to shoot something. I need to shoot something. And then I come across this old cattle skull on the side of the, on the, side of the top of the mesa overlooking a rock cliff. Um, and I actually I put a YouTube video up of, uh, I, I can't remember, the, the name of it was something about when Ridge Rock was born or something like that. But anyway, I was on the side of this cliff or side of this rock, this Ridge Rock or Rock Ridge or whatever. And, um, and I was just sitting there and I had that cattle skull and I saw this rock and I was like, you know what, here I am getting down the dumps because the rancher pulled through the, the, the lane and, um, and I'm not seeing any deer on this side and, and not really having any, any opportunities or anything, but I saw that skull and I was like, you know what, it was just a good reminder that life is short and the good Lord blessed me enough to let, allow me to be on the side, on the, on the side of that cliff and that mason and that rock and all that stuff. And to be able to experience all that beautiful country out there. And, and at that point it was just, you know, and then I was sitting there and I was, I was trying to think of a name, you know, think of a name. And then I saw that, that, that Ridge rock is really exactly what it was. Cause it was a huge rock right on the side of the Ridge. Um, and, uh, and that was just kind of the point where I was like, you know what? Life is short. I think it's time to take a, take a little risk, take a chance and, uh, and do what, uh, do what I know that we can do, you know? And sometimes you just, you know, the good Lord just puts that, those little things in front of you to say, Hey, now's the time, you know? And, um, so that was, uh, that was a pretty cool deal. And actually it was really just, a that whole trip was just kind of like a soul cleansing, uh, experience. You know, I mean, it was, it was quiet. It was just, the, the the base of the canyons, the rock, the uh, solitude, just just all of those things, and, and the you know the the ups and downs, the the tiredness of walking out of the canyon, and you know the yeah. being there and just everything, and then so it was just a whole cleansing experience for me, and just and it was just like it was like okay, we're doing it, awesome. we're doing it, and actually I think that was about the time that I was like you know what. I love Lacey. We've been dating for five years. I think we're going to get married now. <laughs> Man, you, you came to a lot of life-changing decisions on that trip. <laughs> that, that trip just did it, man. It was... I, I'm going to tell you, Sam, we came back. You, like, I mean, I could tell he was different. He just, Derek's always, I mean, he's always upbeat. You, just from, from doing podcasts and things. Oh, yeah, know. we know. <laughs> I mean, it was almost like when he came back, this, this, just peace. I mean, I remember saying, he had not been back a day or two, and I was like, I mean, did you know how to walk about with the Lord or what? <laughs> you know, I mean, because we're, you know, we, we are, that is one thing. We are very close to the Lord and we mm-hmm. never, you know, shy away from, from sharing our testimonies because we both definitely have, it's just amazing. And, and we know that he brought us together. Um, but yeah, he came back and I, and I, and 
you know, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty now. You know, I thought it was just all about the business, but I mean, it was just, it was life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was life, and yeah. and yeah, the Lord worked on him on that on that Ridge Rock. <laughs> <laughs> worked on him on Ridge Rock. Told him about it's time to make a move with you, and then uh, I guess he's tagging you along with Ridge Rock too. So he need he needed somebody to help him with that. So <laughs> right. we we work super good together, and he's you know he's not real easy to work with. But <laughs> throwing you under the bus, man, golly. So bro, we're both we're both. I'm I I like my lane. He likes his lane, and we understand that about each other. And you know, every once in a while, we'll try to veer in each other's lane, and it we just kind of cut our eyes, and it's like, okay, we'll yeah. go back now. <laughs> hey, you, uh, you got that contract out yet? You're looking like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have strengths, and Lacey has her strengths, and, and uh, you know, I think uh, she's really organized, you know, and, and, of course, with me doing all the outfitter stuff and talking to people on the phone all the time, and um uh, actually she had to step in for me this past week while i was going to nebraska because i didn't have any sales service mm. so she had to step in and talk to some outfitters and some, some hunters and all that stuff and oh, uh, it was super fun too. Yeah, so yeah. i enjoy talking you know the things that are are extremely rewarding to me is definitely the the hunts that are centered around the children mm -hmm. and i did get to talk to a couple of hunters last week that were you know, taking their kids out for first experiences and never killed a bird. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's just super cool just to to hear those stories. And then one guy I talked to, um, he was a traditional archer and, and kind of was telling me some stories about that. And <laughs> so it's just kind of cool just to get, you see the names. Like for me, I see the names on the contracts. I don't do a lot of one-on-one -on -one with the hunter because Derek does that. But. Right. You know, to have stories with the names and and know about their children, and it's it's just it's extremely rewarding. Yeah, they're not names; they're people. You know, and you, can, right. you can personalize well, you know, that. They, yeah, they become our. They almost you feel like they're friends yeah. to an extent, a family, because of course a lot of customers, clients, they're repeats. You know, I know there's one guy that Derek's booked. I mean, he's had hunts all over the place for all kinds of different species and. And, you know, that's kind of cool because you just form a bond and a friendship. And, and you know, Derek's had the opportunity to even, you know, go hunt with several guys that he's he's booked and, and have made extremely good friendships. Yep. And, I mean, that and that's what's so cool about, about this industry is just, you know, you, you build and, and work with those relationships. And, you, yeah, I mean, it just it it takes off and 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 they're they're there to last i even think about you know like like us and you guys you know i mean i think the first time i ever saw the name Derek eaves was when you sent me that pronghorn picture for that pronghorn country thing we did a couple years ago and <laughs> here we are man i mean yeah, just just I kept yeah. kept rolling from there so it, you know yeah. it, it's it's awesome for stuff like that to to just like i said to to progress and just relationships and friendships to form. And I, I know we had, um, the last couple podcast episodes we had, were recapping with some of our crew on a snow goose hunt that they did in Missouri. Um, mm -hmm. and we, we put a group of fall obsession crew members together 
that had never hunted before, like other than virtual meetings like this, they had never, they, they never met each other in person and they went out there for a weekend and they said that they showed up and it was just like, it's just hunting camp, you know? I mean, you just, you just fall into place and it's, it's that way across the board and you know, it's, it's awesome to see you guys, you know, putting people together like that and, and then building your own relationships and stuff, repeat customers and stuff like that, man, is, you know, shows that y'all are doing good things. So, oh yeah, I tell you, man, one of the things that, that I enjoy are the, are the ones, I mean, I enjoy all of them, but the ones that, you know, have a, like a list of, you know, three or four different things. Like I talked to a guy, sent me an email through an inquiry through my website and I talked to him on the phone last night. And I was, after talking to him, I was like, I want to go hunt with this guy. Yeah. I mean, he, he was laid back as he could be. And, you know, and he's like, well, I, I want to go to uh, Kansas, which if anybody's listening and you want to go hunt a whitetail in Kansas, I have two legit places to go. So, and I actually have some spots for this year, but if you don't want to go in 2022, holler at me and I will get you some, we will work on getting you some preference points this year so you can go hunt next year. So, um, but anyway, so the whole point of talking to the to the guy I was talking to was and what triggered my brain to say all that was he was trying to get a plan together, you know, like a five year plan. He told he said, Well, here's what I want to do. What do you and he goes, What do you suggest? And then I was like, Well, I said, I think you should uh, probably go to Kansas this year if you can get drawn. I said, and then um, let's buy you some preference points for um, Iowa and let's buy you some bonus points for Montana. And it's buy you some preference points from Montana. And I said, then, you know, you can go Kansas this year. You can go um, um, Montana next year. You can go to Iowa the next year. And by because by then he would have enough points. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I said, and then after that, I said, I got this place in Canada. And he said, oh, man, I've always wanted to go to Canada. Mm-hmm. And I said, so, you know, we could, we could put together a, a stream of, you know, four or five year plan as far as what you're trying to achieve as a hunter. Yeah. And to me, that's really cool and really exciting because then I get to use my knowledge and my experience as far as what I've been doing for the last three years and, and, and really helping people bring down some barriers as far as a tag application. Yeah. You know, because you mentioned tag application to folks and they're like, Oh man, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do the tag application. I'm like, Hey, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it for you. And if you'll let me help you, then I can guide you through the process. We can get a plan together and, uh, and really set people up for some successful, uh, hunts and some really good experiences. Yeah. Experiences that they're, they're never going to forget. And you're, you're lining them up for, for years to come potentially. So that, that's awesome. And the coolest, the cool part of that, Sam, is a lot of them th- don't even think that it's possible. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then when you can show them that it's possible, and they're like, "Wow, this is pretty cool," <laughs> and that gets me excited. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We man, we've we've seen a lot of that because I know we got one guy and his his main on staff. His main expertise is like the the Colorado you know draw applications and over-the-counter stuff like he, he lives and breathes this stuff and and he knows it very very well um you know and and he has shed a lot of light even to our own guys on just like hey you know an elk hunt is totally doable you know just as an example people have this hurdle in their mind that oh colorado elk I, you know that's i'm never gonna be able to never gonna be able to do that it's a lot more doable like a lot of other hunts as you know good and well a lot more yeah. doable than 
than people realize. So, yeah. If uh, if any viewers or listeners, if you guys want to know how doable your dream hunt is, you need to give this guy a call. So That's right. Yeah. Well, be, be glad to help. Be glad to help. Awesome. We love to see people succeed. We love to see our friends succeed. We love to see our our clients succeed. We love to see our outfitters succeed. I just I just like for people to win. I mean, I just really do. Absolutely. So real quick, before we, before we wrap it up, I'll let you guys get back to your evening. Um, as far as your outfitters, um, just briefly for our viewers and our listeners sake, tell us a little bit about, um, what you're comfortable saying as far as the process you go through to, to vet an outfitter, basically what, why are these outfitters your outfitters? All right. So, um, Every one of the outfitters that we book hunts for, and I think we have about 46 now that I've gone to Nebraska, um, are either are outfitters that either I have been to personally or one of my really good friends that I trust has been to and says, hey, you need to book hunts for this guy. Um, you know, and I have a handful of guys that, that kind of that I kind of lean on for some things like that. And even if whenever they send tell me that, hey, I have this guy in Canada, um, and uh, one of my buddies, Lee Duet, has gotten, he's, I think he's the doll sheep away from a, um, a boast of UNS, a North American big game slam, and he's a doll sheep away with a bow. Oh, wow. The guy's an absolute. Wow. Yeah. So if he says it's legit, it's legit. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Anyway, for instance, so he, he hooked me up with a guy, this whitetail guy in Canada that he had hunted with before and had kept up with over the last two or three years. And um, so anyway, so I called the guy, talked to him for a little while, and then so we start exchanging pictures. And then I talked to some of his past clients and all those kind of things. And we spent, I don't know how many hours probably on the phone just chatting about deer, chatting about this or whatever. And, um, and that's one thing that, you know, not only vetting an outfitter, but keeping them vetted, you know? So I talk to my outfitters, all of them throughout the year, um, as much as is humanly possible just to kind of, you know, stay in touch. Hey, how you doing? How's your family? You know, and all those kind of things as well. But, um, anyway, so I sent my, so they go through all that process. I look at their reviews on social media. I look at their reviews on Google if they have them. So I just really go through any and everything I can possibly think of to try to pick up any red flags or, or, or anything that says, Hey, you definitely need to uh, book for this deal. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so anyway, I sent a guy up there to hunt with, with this, uh, guy in Canada last year. And I said, listen, I have told you multiple times how good I felt like Dane was. And I said, I've talked to him a whole bunch. He's sending me all these pictures and tell me all the work that he was doing, you know, and, and I pay attention to those things. Yeah. And, and I asked him, I said, well, Barrett, I said, it was a guy from Louisiana. I booked to go up there and hunt with him. I said, how good is Dane? I said, how good is he as good as I said that uh, he was going to be? He said, man, he said, that dude was 200% better than any outfitter I've ever hunted with in my life. Awesome. And so anyway, so that's the process. So if, if it, if I don't have a person that I know has hunted somewhere, then says, Hey, these people are legit. Here's the deal. Um, and then I get them on the phone. If I, so if I don't have any of that and I haven't hunted there, it's like the place I went to turkey hunting in Nebraska this year. I didn't know anybody that had hunted there. Uh, I'd seen one of his posts, actually, uh, about an uh, early archery Merriam hunt, which I was wanting to do. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, you know what? 
I'm going to get the guy on the phone. I'm going to talk to him and, and, and I'm going to go up there and hunt with him and see what it's all about. Because he also has some archery antelope hunts. He has some, uh, some really good, uh, whitetail hunts. He has some, uh, good mule deer hunts. You can't, a non-resident can't hunt elk in Nebraska. Mm. So, um, they got, Nebraska has some good elk up there in some spots, but, um, but anyway, so hung out with a guy, talked to him on the phone a lot and, um, actually had four guys go up there with me and then got up there, man, that was just a slammer full of birds, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and just a cool experience. So, uh, that's, that's kind of how, uh, how we do it. You know, I mean, it's, I'm never going to send anybody on a hunt to hunt with somebody that I would not go myself. Yeah. 100% because we all work way too hard for our money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, some people have a whole lot of money. Some people have, you know, just enough to go on a hunt a year. Some people go on a bunch of different hunts a year. Yeah. This, and, some, for some people, this is what they've been saving up for a very long time to go do. So, right. Yeah. yeah. And the last thing that we want is for somebody to, to go to a place and be like, man, I saved that for that for three years. Yeah. And it was just awful. And we hear it a lot, you know, a lot of people call me and say, man, I'm so glad I found you because I've been on this hunt and it was terrible. I've been on this hunt and it was terrible. I got a guy, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's a very well-known archery turkey guy and does really, really well. And I think he's going for the uh, chasing 49 um, for a, with a bow for a turkey, which would be super cool. Wow. Um, but, uh, but anyway, he's an absolute killer. But he, he texts me while he was on a hunt in Texas and says, dude, can you help me out? I'm in a jam. I have a place, and it is awful. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it can happen to anybody at any time. And, you know, unless you know somebody that has been there, then you're you're taking a risk. I mean, I was taking a risk to go to Nebraska, but I, I, in, in, a, in a sort of a way, you know, I've talked to so many outfitters and, and know the ins and outs of, of, uh, of everything that, you know, I can talk to them for about an hour and I can tell you what they're about. Probably not even an hour, but you know, so. yeah. He's a really good people reader. <laughs> yeah. Really good. <laughs> yeah. I worked for a pharmaceutical company called Eli Lilly for 13 years <laughs> and they trained us. I know way more about people than I really, that I really want to know. <laughs> tell them sometimes, like quit analyzing me. <laughs> Just quit analyzing me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was a sales rep for a while, and I was a specialty rep for a while, and then I was actually an area sales trainer for two years, covering six states, working with about 135 sales reps and 12 managers and going to corporate once a month and training. Uh, yeah, so. so anyway, I've had a whole lot of training. The good Lord gave me some abilities. Eli Lilly honed in on those abilities and, and sharpened a lot of my skills. And so anyway, all of that stuff comes into play when it's time to pick out a good outfitter. So yeah. you're not dealing with a chump when you're dealing with these. It's just squared away. Love it. Well, guys, it's it's been good to get on here and, and talk with y'all for a little bit, talk some turkey, talk some ridge rock, catch up a little bit. Um, some good stuff. Before we wrap it up though, tell uh tell our fine listeners and viewers where they can reach y'all, how they can find you. Well, uh, you can, they can check us out on our website, uh, ridgerockhuntcompany.com. It, it does have all of our contact information on there, cell numbers, emails. Uh, we also have some merchandise there that's really cool. Uh, if you want to look at that, hats, uh, t-shirts, hoodies. Um, Derek's cell phone is 662-803-2001.
And he is your man if you want to um, get some information about the hunts. You know, that needs to be your first stop. And he will, you know, ask you a series of questions so that we can get you the most appropriate information for what you're looking for. And then once he gets you gets you a contract on your dream hunt, then I'll come into play and, and work with you to, to get the payment in, the deposit in, and your outfitter notified and, you know, keep the communication lines squared away. So social media as well like you i think you mentioned earlier derek that you got uh yeah, that you're uh, and, and, yeah y'all yeah, are po- i keep interrupting you sorry <laughs> facebook is ridge rock hunt company and also on instagram um and it's rich ridge rock hunt co yep ridge rock hunt co so and then twitter YouTube. you do mm-hmm. ridge rock on twitter yep. and then also on youtube yep, yep. And all of those links are on the website, which again is that www.ridgerockhuntcompany.com. So if you need to look for um, uh, my contact information, if you need to look for any of our social media sites, you can go to our website and it's all right there. So really easy. Pretty cool testimonials on the website too, you know, for anybody who's kind of wanting to look to see who we are, what we're about. We've got, you know, previous clients that are on there that kind of tell a little bit about their hunts. And then also Derek and I have a few videos on there just kind of, you know, talking about the process, introducing ourselves. And it's all about having that that personal touch. And yeah. we want to have one-on-one with our clients. And it was important for us to, to do a website that really mirrored who we were yep. as, as individuals. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, I can attest to the fact I can't log on to my Instagram without seeing something dead from Ridge Rock um, in my feed. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I've, yeah, I've tried. I've tried to log on and not see something dead from old Derek, and it, it ain't happening. So, hey, you would tell you something, Sam. I told Lacey last night, I was like, I said, I feel bad. I said, because I have so many turkeys that people are shooting in the face or all this kind of stuff all over social media. And I was like, I still got a whole bunch more to post. (laughs) I'm I'm two weeks behind on Turkey. Turkey's been killed. Oh man. So, and and it's mid April. Yeah. The success of our clients, you know, it's just, it's, it's it's been a fun season. One of the guys texted me yesterday and said, Hey dude, you going to post up our turkeys we killed? (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, for everybody else. <laughs> I, said, I said, I promise you, I am. His name is Zan. I said, I promise you, I am, man. I said, I, I, because they got some beautiful birds. I was like, but man, I have all these other pictures that I'm that I'm posting that's leading up to the sequence of whatever y'all are, and uh, and actually one of them, man, I had a group that went to Texas and just really got after them. And so last night, I just find the halls. I finally just had to put all their stuff together in just one post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just, I was like, I, I just, I feel like I'm running out of time and, uh, you know, in space. And like you said, every time you open up your, your Instagram, there's a Ridge Rock with another somebody grinning behind a turkey. Hey, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining <laughs> at all. I love seeing it. It's good stuff. Yeah. The Pronghorn Country shirt is still one of my all time favorites. Oh, yeah. yeah he, I, loves, he loves it. I love that. We've talked about this Pronghorn a bunch of times, but, I literally had that shirt in my bag in Montana this last year and told uh, out there, I told him, I was like, listen, I said, I've got to put this shirt on and get a picture. I got to send it to my boys. <laughs> <and follow it." laughs> 
<laughs> man, you you keep uh, you keep preaching that because I'm 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 wanting to do uh, hopefully a, a round two, maybe a different color, or something of that pronghorn pronghorn country before this this upcoming fall. So uh, yeah. we, we'll uh, we'll try to get that out early enough that way uh, we can get some pics of some some folks uh, sitting behind a pronghorn wearing one. We, we we might even give some Ridge Rock Hunt Company customers a discount. You know, if they're going on a pronghorn hunt, we can we can hook them up. So. Oh yeah, we'll fi- we'll figure it out. We got a little time to figure that one out, but well, I think I have about uh, I think I have about fourteen going this this fall. So wow. are, I'm actually not going this fall because you're not. I'm not going this fall. Not on the pronghorn hunt. Um, I'm I put in for an elk hunt in New Mexico with one of my outfitters out there, and I'm hoping that I get drawn for an archery elk hunt. Um, and then of course I'm going to one of my places in Kansas to see if I can get me another, uh, get me another bruiser. Awesome. Like, uh, we're going to have to build another house, uh, for the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's filling up quick. I'm sure. I, Man. Lacey tonight, I was like, I, I think we're going to have to build another half house or something. <laughs> half house. <laughs> I got my, my e-bikes in my office in there. <laughs> <laughs> Build you a shop or something, golly. Yeah, I am all back there and just shut the door. I'm just like, I cannot look in there. <laughs> yeah, we were going to do this podcast from the office. I was like, my desk has got way too much crap on it. Now, I cleaned some fans and feet, beards, and all that stuff off of it. And now I have more feet and beards and all that stuff on, you know, drying the beards and everything on my desk. So it's never ending cycle. <laughs> Man, I mean, it, it wouldn't be the first. We've had a we've had a freshly killed dead pronghorn head on the table in between us recording a podcast before. So, you know, we're 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 hitting hitting all the marks. You know, over here, we're we're doing everything you're not supposed to on on podcasts. So, yeah, yeah. that's cool. But all right, well, I'll I'll take it to home here real quick for our listeners. If uh, if you guys are listening, thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Again, if you guys are looking for a hunt. Hit up Ridge Rock. Go talk to Derek. He will find something that'll work for you. That's what they do, as as they've talked about over and over again this podcast. So they've already thrown their contact info out there. Go check them out. Um, as far as Fall Obsession, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, those are all our socials. We're posting daily on social media, multiple new videos a week on our YouTube, so be sure you head over there and subscribe. Audio for this podcast drops on Monday morning, and a couple days after, the video will be on the YouTube channel, so you guys can go uh, check that out. FallObsession.com is our website. That's our hub. All of our content is out there, educational videos, media series, um, wild game recipes, articles. Um, we, we got it all on there for you guys and more. Go over there and explore around the apparel that we're talking about, the shirts that Derek and Lacey are rocking in the video. Um, they're available at FallObsession.com along with a lot of other other designs so go check those out we got some new spring apparel designs on there as well so um you guys go uh get you some fall obsession swag fallobsession.com slash podcast is where you guys can go to listen to our podcast and to send us feedback if you guys have any uh topic suggestions uh general feedback or you want to let us have it because you heard something you don't like we take uh, criticism as constructively as we can around here so uh feel free to to give us some feedback so and normally again i'd say right now podcast is driven by ridge rock hunt company but we kind of already covered that today so (laughs) we we, uh we got y'all a good plug but we appreciate you guys appreciate everything y'all are doing over there at ridge rock and y'all keep doing good stuff so 
Man, yeah. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate the opportunity, man. It's a lot of fun, always. You bet. All right, guys. Well, good talking to you. Listeners, thank you all for listening. We'll catch you guys again next week for another Fall Obsession podcast episode.